Hi, this is Frank, the co-host of the show. Just a quick advertisement and we'll get started. The show is brought to you by Viral Marketing, which is my firm, and Chris Waters, who offers a way to scale his real estate team systems fast and profitably in your market. I mean, he's done over a thousand transactions a year in Austin. It's a business in a box, if you will. Anyway, I encourage you to go to getviral.com and download a free copy of our official video marketing plan that we recommend uh, you implement to stay in better touch with your database uh, using video and social media and email so more people call you to list their home. I also want you to go to themilliondollarrealestateteam.com and get yourself a free copy of Chris's book he wrote on how he earned after expenses, this is net profit, $1 million in only three years since starting his team. So that's it. No more commercial. And let's get to the show. One, two, three, go. Bro, I do it. The Listing Lead Show. So welcome back. This is Frank Lezit, your co-host. I'm here with Chris. Chris, say hi. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening, listen, thanks for listening to the Listing Lead Show. The guest today is Andrew Duncan. Now, this man I have to give a heck of an intro to, so Andrew, sit tight. You guys are going to get a super high-level discussion uh, between Chris and Andrew here of two of the most successful realtors in the United States from a production standpoint. Uh, Andrew, I see, sold 900 homes in your brokerage in Tampa last year. 460 came from listings. 26 million? No, 260 million. That's an extra zero. I, I missed yeah, the extra zero, Andrew. Can't do that, can we? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, Come on, freak. Yeah, and we're going to ask him what he's doing to get listings. And I already know the answer. A lot of it is mass media. So if you're listening to the show and you want to get an education on maybe some radio and TV and billboard, we're going to talk about that. I already know we're probably going to talk about getting into building and developing. I'm sure that's a piece of it. And Andrew, you've been selling. This has been how many years now you've been in real estate? 15 years, 15, 15 years, years in real estate. Yep. So hey, the other yeah. thing I, Frank, the other thing that we should get into is, you know, uh, Andrew's in a market where iBuyers are hitting it hard. Yeah. yeah. And one of their key mediums to get the message out is mass media. How do you compete yep. against that? And then he's also got another juggernaut that's gone into Tampa that's yep. big into mass media. Be great to talk about, you know, for people listening to this that aren't on mass media, you know, how do you compete just generally speaking with some of the other juggernauts out there and VC and yeah. Wall Street funded companies? This podcast yeah, will be hours. To, <laughs> yeah, you guys want me to dive into that? Well, let me start with the question. I want, let me guide this conversation because- I this personally is want to start there. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot. So let's just start with, I think the most interesting question we can ask you is, and I already know the answer to this. But what is your number one way you get listing leads, Andrew? Mass media, which which I consider radio, TV, billboards, and our relationship with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which okay. are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Sorry, I got to get that plug in there for all the hockey fans. We're going to get Buccaneers, t- man. It's just yes. taking it all Cham- down. Cham- Champa Bay. Champa Bay. <laughs> so I guess here's my first question as we go down this path of dissecting the mass media pillar at the level that you're at. I mean, you're one of the top, most highest producers. You have the money for it. We know that. But I want to ask you this question, the messages. When you're spending the money that you're spending, which we'll probably get into in the frequency and where you're at and the different, all those things. How much is it, down- by the way, Andrew? So let's set the stage. How much do you spend per month on 
um, lead generation. It, you know, I have a chart. It's kind of like a heat map. So it, it's not the same every month. Now, I, I had a media agent before that had me spending the same exact money every month, which didn't make sense to me because there are times of year when it's um, when there's, you know, people are more likely to sell than others. So we really kind of look at our, our market and determine the months leading up to what are the busiest months. And those are the months we spend the most money in. So it, it ranges everywhere from, um, you know, 80 grand to 150 grand a month. Hey, one thing I want to touch on real quick, just about, you know, when you think about the media calendar, which is what a lot of people in mass media reference, and you think about planning your year out when you run radio, TV, billboard, et cetera. Um, I, it's kind of interesting, interesting subject. You know, if you hear, if you hear Gary Vaynerchuk talk, he said, you know, if you're in the marketing game, you're in the game of trading attention. And so with, um, you know, uh, in real estate, you think summer's super hot, but what's kind of interesting with mass media is ratings go down in the summer for radio, TV, things like that. Cause people are traveling. Yep. Are, do you, uh, do you reduce your spend in the summer and then go heavy yeah. in Q? Yeah. Like- so, so, so we're heavier in like the, the fir- the fourth quarter and the first quarter, a lot of people take the holidays off and they don't advertise. And I double down in the holidays because those are people whose listings are expiring, who are making plans, who have New Year's resolutions. January is a huge listing month for us. So, and the other nice part about it is the media companies are a lot more likely to negotiate with you and you can get cheaper spots if you're buying stuff when a lot of other advertisers aren't because a lot of them take off those months. So yeah, I, I spend really heavy in the first quarter because those are the months that are leading up to the people making the decisions in the summer. Now, I don't go away in the summer, but but I'm certainly spending more money in some of those cooler months because that's when people are really thinking about making the move. So you're hammering it Q4 really hard. And then did you say Q1 or Q2? Q1 and a Q1. little bit of Q2, a little bit of yeah. Q2. But yeah, my summer spend, um, especially late summer, is is half of what it is in some of the other peak months. Yeah, interesting. That is interesting. That's yeah, um, surprising. That's a very golden nugget that you shared, Andrew, from I mean, if you, you. hundreds you know, of thousand you, dollars in the trenches knowing that. If you yeah. think about, like, you know, just traffic, right? Like, there, there's not as much traffic in the summertime. No, people have already made their decisions by the time summer shows up. And then, like you said, people are gone on vacations. They're, they're, they're spending, they're, they're taking time off. They're, they're, you know, they're, they've already made their choice about who they're going to hire. You want to be, you know, higher in the consideration set when they're thinking about making their choice. Um, so, so you get the appointment when summer shows up. It's, I mean, it's contrarian to what some might think in terms of when you should, should hammer it. Yeah. It works well for us. Would you, Andrew, like for, there's maybe people listening to this that aren't on mass media. Like what if you're in a market where you're competing with somebody like you or I, like, would you even tell them to get on radio if their budget can only be like 10 grand a month? Yeah, I would. And here's why, because the riches are in the niches. Um, here's what I would tell them. Okay. Don't, don't try and go on one of our stations. Like there's two or three radio stations and one TV stations that, that, that we're so dominant on that a competitor is just basically, um, they'd have a better shot at getting business if they, you know, put a bucket of cash in their backyard, lit it on fire. They're not, they're not going to succeed on those stations where they'll succeed are some of the smaller stations or stations that we're not on. And, and I, I look at that all the time. I'm always looking to see where competitors are spending money. And if a competitor is spending too much money in a particular place that isn't one of my, maybe a station that I'm just kind of a, you know, a, a low spender on, um, I'll look for the stations that maybe a competitor isn't on and try and own that audience. 
that kind of reminds me of like the parallel of what is taught with uh, farming, right? When you're trying right. to analyze what neighborhood you should go crush, make yeah. sure there's not somebody in there with in excess of 20% market share because right. you're just going to end up burning a lot of cash. Correct. And, the, and and I've had, you know, we've got stations that we've been on for a decade plus that even new com, new people that show up that spend more money than I'm spending now won't compete with us simply because we've got 10 years of impressions piled up on those stations. So we're, we have such a strong brand name to that, to that audience that it'll take years for them spending more money than me for them to, to surpass me in the consideration set. Andrew, I'm curious, tangent, before I go back to the original question about messaging, um, do you have a media monitor that listens to the radio ads or does your account executive yeah. tell you what they're doing? No, we have a, we have a, we have someone that listens to them on the regular and Got a it. lot of the spots. Mm-hmm. So we used to, we used to use a lot of, um, is that private you know, or did it, you hire a service to do it? Um, private, like virtual yeah. assistant. No, it's actually not a virtual assistant. It's a, it's an employee. So you hired so, a full-time person on your team to listen to the ads? I No, I have a full-time marketing person, and that's one of his responsibilities is he listens to the ads. Chris, so here's I have, the other um, thing, though. But, but sorry, one, uh, one more point on ahead. this. Um, so local and we used to use a lot of celebrity endorsers, um, and we, we did that for a really long time. And I think we decided just, you know, I decided just to become the celebrity. So, so now I record all the spots myself and most of them are pre-recorded. So I get to hear them ahead of time anyway. Um, and, and I found that that was just better for me. I think celebrity endorsers can be great when you're new to a market or new to radio, cause it gives you credibility, but it got to a point for us where we've got a couple local guys that we use a little bit, but most it's mostly me speaking and, and performing in all the commercials now. Do you think owning those endorsement deals essentially with those on-air guys is kind of a competitive advantage and something maybe you should maintain to keep competitors from? For the local guys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have local guys that I rarely don't even use, but they're they're my sphere. And by me paying them you know, a little bit of money, I'm going to get their business, their friends and family business. I may not use them in the spots that much, but I can always call them for a favor. I can get them to, you know, do a shout out or a video testimonial. There's all kinds of things that that relationship brings me that I don't ever want to give up. I think of those endorsers as kind of like the modern day brand ambassador on Instagram, right? Correct. Like the girls yeah. that wear the bikinis and they're super fit. <laughs> um, what, and guys too, right? There's guys on there flexing and you know, whatever. Um, anyways, uh, my wife will appreciate it. I was including yeah, there you guys go. in there. There you go. Good job, Chris. Way to, way to win points at home. You know, have you thought, you know, have you thought about like expanding this whole idea of having an ambassador for your business, like digitally, like people that have big followings in your community and paying them to endorse you on Instagram? Yeah, I have. And and I'll tell you what I've done. And in fact, it kind of blossomed from a conversation I had with you because you're telling me what you were doing on that on that front. And so where where I really went after brand ambassadors and socially influential people locally were, were in niches um, we're in spaces that I liked to network things I already enjoyed doing. So I was going to be at event, like I'm a big car guy and I'm a big sports guy. So, so like getting, uh, the radio DJ for the Tampa Bay lightning to, to do things for me or getting some of the, you know, influential car YouTubers in Tampa to do stuff with me and shout me out. But a lot of times for me, it's trade. It's not necessarily giving them money. It's finding ways that I can do the same thing for them or that I can give them value in another way. Mm-hmm. What's who's been your most successful ambassador outside of your typical like guys on radio or whatever TV? Uh, local football player, NFL player locally. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, very, for you. very well very well connected. Runs a has a DJ business now, owns multiple businesses and and just to be able to like have him like on my side is is a big deal. Do you pay him? Uh no. It's all trade. It's all I provide him value, he provides me value. Man, I'm if there's Frank, you know what's fascinating is there's a lot of really interesting case studies about these um you know, uh companies like I mean, for example, these nutrition companies that have gone from three million in revenue to a hundred million in revenue. Chris, it's how I built viral. Out. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I built, I, I, built yeah. I built viral right. entirely off of. Hey, man, let Leverage. me do some free marketing. Let me help you. Basically, out. Then, using people yeah. like me and Andrew. Well, yeah, we yeah. go post in this Facebook group, and you, you still but, charge but, me for viral. Yeah, by the way, but, I should Chris, be teaching this. He's he's repaying us though. Chris, when am I gonna? Get, hey, when am I gonna get viral for free? When am I getting it for free? Chris, we'll have the discussion. <laughs> I think I've sent you at least four referrals. I should be getting oh, yeah, shit yeah. for free by now. Come on, Andrew. Questions? Yeah. What's I up? do want to. I do want to share this a concept with people doing radio or television of a media monitor. That's that's lingo that you caught on to in the space. Yeah. And it's like they kind of call it like an air check of like you know did my ads even run? But you took it to like I want you listening to the radio all day and writing down everyone who advertises on every single break. Yeah. And and so, and doing, and doing the research. So, so like, you know, doing the research to figure out what their spins are, you know, running analytics to determine what's that. Do you squad for what they're spending? Yes. So squad is what will tell you the media, the, what people are spending in the market. Correct. Yeah. And I, I, and I know, for example, when competitors are spending more than me on a station, I have stuff in my contract that prevents their spots from running too close to mine. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do when you have competitors in a market to kind of set yourself apart. Um, but, but I think knowing what your competition is doing and then knowing how to be different than them. I think that's where I, where I excel is I may have a competitor come in and do, um, and spend more than me but I'm going to do some things different. I'm going to be more memorable. So let's, let's just go deeper now. Let's get more specific on mass media. What are the messages resonating right now in your market that you're trying to drive home over and over in your ads across all mass media? Instant cash offer. Yeah. Instant cash offer. It's, Let me it's hear it. Repeated. Give me an ad. You're live. Go. Um, if you call the Duncan duo, uh, man, you hit me live. Like, Jesus, live. you're live. Give me a dude. second. Um, Go to DuncanDuo.com and get an instant cash offer in your home. Make sure your home gets sold guaranteed for the most money possible. Instant cash offer. When did you decide to go that route? That was a big change in your messaging, I bet. I would say probably three, four years back. um, And I still do the guaranteed sale, but people don't have the fear of their home not selling when the market's as hot as it is. So you have to find the pain points. The pain points are the the convenience, the expedience. And oftentimes we'll sit with people and say, hey, here's what we'll give you in an instant cash scenario. And they would rather go the traditional path. But there's plenty of instant caches that I'm able to buy, turn around and resell, turn into rentals. Um, You know, so there's... it's instant a whole cash other pillar of business. Or are you doing guaranteed offer? Instant cash offer. Instant cash offer. Yeah. Got it. And yeah. that's the message across all the mass media. And the thing for me, the reason instant sounds better than guaranteed um, is because the people that want that, are, are they want fast. They, that's their whole purpose for considering an offer that may be less than what they can get through a retail channel because they want the, ex- they want the convenience. They want the, the convenience. They want the expedience of, of the process when they can go that path. And obviously, you know, look, there's a lot of VC hedge fund money out there, but where I have focused 
um, you know, there's times I can't compete with them, but there's a lot of product I'll buy that they won't touch. Got it. Yeah, they, they each have their own unique buy box, so they don't typically buy the real distressed assets, and those are the ones Andrew, you can pick up. and Correct, and make, a, and make a great margin on. You can fix a house, you can buy condos, townhomes, HOA communities that they won't touch, that, all that kind of stuff. Andrew, talk to our audience. This is a big shift. If you guys go back and listen to one of the previous episodes with Dan Noma, Dan, Chris? Yep. Dan Noma in Phoenix. I think at the time he was buying some 25 homes a day. Does 1,800 deals a year in hyper-competitive Phoenix. And he rebranded his whole brokerage on the idea of not just an instant cash offer, but I'll help you compare them all from everyone in town. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I really want you to go deeper. I want to add, because to, to help the audience, you had to re-message your entire brokerage to the instant around cash that. offer around that. Yeah. Take us back to that decision and give me more, some more emotion and some of the struggles you had to do when you decided to double down on that. And think well, about the you know, position, the, the, the agents here, because they're thinking like, what value propositions can I bring? And that's right. not really necessarily it on the front end. It's an instant cash offer. That's what gets the lead. Yeah. And so what I would tell you is that uh, when I got to the point of introducing the instant cash offer in the marketplace, um, there were there were a small number of people starting to roll into the market with that call to action. It wasn't an overwhelming number like it is now. Um, and, and I think that I realized the pain point had changed. You know, when you're when you're marketing and advertising, the whole point that you want to accomplish is that you want to solve someone's problem. And and when the guaranteed sale works really great in maybe a market that isn't as hot as this one because people have that fear that their home won't sell. When that fear goes away, they're not really concerned about the guarantee anymore. However, um, a lot of companies spent a lot of money proving the concept of the convenience of the instant cash offer. And look, it's just, everything is heading in that direction. I mean, you wanna order Uber and have Chick-fil-A at your door in like nine minutes. You know, you wanna have someone come and clean your car at your house. And you know, all this mobile convenience type stuff that, that was just, trending and becoming more and more popular. And I knew we had to be a part of that. So, so for me, it was a tough pill to swallow. I knew I never wanted to completely give up the idea of the guaranteed sale. Cause look, we'll have another market, you know, the market will shift again and it won't be as hot. And, and then, then that, that call to action makes more sense. But I pivoted and started going after instant cash simply because that was um, something that consumers told us again and again, they wanted. And How then did you secondly, um, buying the houses, showing that I have the cash, buying a few, getting testimonials from people, executing, you know, really is what but it boiled down to. You had to use your own cash. Did you get a lot of credit? That's or? what, for, fortunately, um, you know, having been done this for so long and running a profitable business so far, we have used only our own capital. Um, now that may change, but, but so far we're using our own capital. And I know people will say, well, Hey, Andrew, you should go use other people's money because you'll make more. And, um, but I, I've never been a huge, um, you know, debt person. So, so we've, we've kind of got our own fund that we use and wow. that allows us to buy as many as we want to use, you know, we want to buy internally. Um, if I ever tap that, then obviously, yeah, I would go to a bank, but I am fortunately knock on wood, uh, debt free. So I want to cool. congratulations. First of all, thank so you. That's amazing. I, I want to share with the audience and Chris jump in. Let's give some non-paid shout outs of someone's going to go, well, I want to run that but I don't have yeah. the bags of cash. How do I right. have other institutional investors or whatnot? I would like to give a shout out to Dan Noma's company. Go check out iRealEstatePro. He can go plug you in with some institutional investors so you can actually back up on that. I've heard good things about Zavi, Z-A-V-V-I-E. They're not being paid or I don't know anything about these guys as far as that, just things I've heard of. 
Yeah. Chris, do you know where people could go to actually deliver on the promise of an instant offer? Maybe a commission agreement, Open Door, or Zillow, or something like that. And they, and just FYI, guys, they do that. They, they will do that. I mean, they'll, they'll let you bring them deals and pay you. It's just a matter of how much they'll pay you and, and whether or not it makes sense for, for your market. But yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, so Chris. what what we're doing is uh, when we go and meet a seller, you know, we're asking them, "Do you want maximum convenience or do you want maximum, maximum equity value. from the sale?" Yeah, of your that's home? money. That's money. Yep. And um, and so when they say maximum convenience, we need to sell quick. Like you know, uh, we're in Austin, right? So we're competing with Open Door, OfferPad, um, Zillow offers, um, and so we aggregate. We we basically will aggregate those offers for the seller. Um, in order to do that, we have to get permission from the seller to solicit their home for offers. So when we when we have these appointments where they want the maximum convenience, it's typically a two-step process. We meet them first. We take photos. We fill out a questionnaire that's very similar to the questionnaire they fill out if they were to go online and submit their house to these websites. And then um, we also get them to sign an, a, an agreement. That's not a listing agreement. It's, it's, it's called an exclusive right to solicit for offers. And... Um, once they sign that, then uh, you know we go back, we turn in all the information. Um, if it doesn't fit the buy box for those I buyers, I'm also in a unique position personally to be able to buy these houses that are more distressed. But um, you know we put all of them on a side by side comparison chart, and then also show them what the house would sell for retail. You know, ninety plus percent of people go retail, but um, you know that's how you. Uh, you know, beat these guys out. And so I think is- the key, the, the other key that I would say to what Chris said is that there, there are a lot of times where the, um, you know, the consumers have heard these instant cash, like we'll buy your house. They've heard this over and over again and, and it's appealing to them, but there's a lot of product that some of them won't buy. They won't buy condos. They won't buy homes that need too much work. And where, where I think you can really excel if you're afraid of the instant cash offer, because you think you can't compete with OfferPad or open door Zillow, there may be times where you can't, uh, but maybe you can get a small fee by bringing a deal to them. But there are plenty of times where someone will bring you product that, you know, or land even that Zillow, OfferPad, Open Door, some of the larger institutionals aren't going to buy that you can that you can do very well on. Um, so, so I, I I tend to look at you know I said it before the riches are in the niches. So you don't necessarily have to try and compete with OfferPad and Open Door in every house. It's just here and there you you can hit a home run. Well, let's, let's talk about this now. Let's go deeper. So we know you're doing mass media. We know that the general message across the board is call now or go to my website. Do you prefer a call yeah. to action? I actually use the website a lot. I just feel like people website. aren't. Okay. Yeah, I just so go to the, the website. website. People just don't call. Go to Dunkin' Duo. Yeah. Get yourself a cash offer. I'm going to pull it up. What's the address? Um, Dunkin' Duo.com. Dunkin' Duo.com. All right. I heard your radio ad. I've typed, oh, it goes to Dunkin' Duo.sell. It says, best Tampa realtor will give you an instant cash offer guarantee or your home sold in 14 days or we'll buy it. And they put their information in. Yep. How many of these do you get in a month? That's, oh, a, man, that's, that's a big a form, question. dude. You're asking. It's a, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, but, ten but, fields. Correct. However, the, the it's our opinion that if someone's really serious, they're going to fill out the information. Now, there yeah. is a little widget on that page as well where they can just type in their address and it sends us their information that way. If they don't feel like, you know, it says like get your home value or something like that, there's a little widget on the page where we can get yeah, their... Yeah, I see that. They can know, either put just their get, address in or they can put correct. in the full form. Correct. And so sometimes they just put the address in and that's all we have is the address. They don't even end up giving us the real information. Got but it. guess what? Now we have a way to kind of target them, do research, find that number, send them a thank you note, you know, all that kind of stuff to hopefully still get them back into our web. You were, you were number one in the world for Remax at one time? Uh, we were, yeah. We had a, a period of time where we were. 
We had I'm like under, a, I'm, I'm on your month. website. I'm learning about you, Andrew. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate that. Gary Ashton is the big dog in Remax yeah. now. Yes, right? he is. Yeah, Gary, Gary, so, and um, Robert Dukanski have been kind of battling it out. So, so let's talk. And they now. have, you know, they have a hundred plus agents. You have like what twenty to twenty-five. Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. you've got one fourth. But you know, you're not far off from what those guys are doing with a fraction of the staff. I'm willing yeah, to bet you're probably more profitable and, and too. A fraction of the headaches. So I bet you're probably so a lot more profitable. So let's break down mess. Listen, guys, let's break down mass media and let's give the audience a little bit of like some general direction of where they can go. So mass media, you're doing radio. What else? TV. TV. Billboard. Billboards. Got it. And then the hockey, the Stanley Cup champions. How many Stanley billboards are you on? Uh, about a dozen. And then um, how, what does that deal that cost many. with Tampa I've Bay? Heard some of these guys do so many more than that. So, you know, 12 So billboards. about a dozen boards and ours move. So I've got two that are two that are in place. And then the others just jump around where we just we, – we book them based on availability. So we're moving around quite a bit with our board. So it, a lot of people think we have way more boards than we do simply because they move around so much. So you're buying the remnant? Yep. And I love the remnant. Frankly, man, there's times where I get remnant boards for pennies on the dollar that are incredible locations that they don't sell for two or three months. So right. I, I love the remnants. Can anyone starting off get remnant or do you have to be a big deal to get remnant? Yeah, you get you got to spend some money. Yeah, that's what I figured. Man, I I hit them up for years, and they were like, "Nope, sorry, we're not going to give you access to those." So that, yeah, that's I think it took the, a while. I had to pay. I, w- what I really had to do is I had to take two stationary boards and say, "I'm on these. I'll buy these. I'll book them forever," um, and then and then get remnants from there. And they're expensive boards because they're in really prime locations. But also, I think the other reason was because you know we've got a good reputation in the marketplace. We 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 do kind of fun stuff. And, and for them, um, you know, in, in Tampa, there are a few, like, large law firms that advertise. Um, and, and I think that they just simply knew that they had remnant availability because of how many people kind of hit it and quit it. They buy boards and they stop. And so they knew we'd be consistent. Hey, I've got a reputation question for you. Um, yeah. you, have a, you have a lot of, you know, great – I mean, you have tons of reviews online, but um, – you know, one of the hardest sites to actually get reviews on is Yelp. And you have a lot of agents that probably hate your guts in your market. Yes. And, you know, they tell their clients to write reviews about you. Oh, even I hate when you're it. not I representing it, but I, them. Yes, but it happens all the time. What do you like? What do you, I mean, you have 4.5 stars on Yelp. And when I look at all the top teams across the country, most of them really struggle on Yelp because of all the haters. Yeah, getting all these people you don't even represent them. They're on the opposing side, represented by another agent writing reviews Man, about it, you. It's it's brutal. It happens all the time, and it, it's really sad in our industry that it happens because you know I have people that hate me that have never even had a conversation with me. They just hate the fact that I'm successful or that I'm on billboards, and they, they don't even know me. You know, but but the reality is that. Um, you're always going to have haters when you when you decide to run a big business. You're putting a you're putting a you know I mean you you really are you're putting a bullseye on yourself. So so we have to deal with that. I mean I'll we'll personally call people. We'll try and resolve complaints. We do what we can to try and resolve um, you know bad reviews as best we can, and then constantly just encouraging and recommending people to to review us when they're happy with us. Um, I think that uh, we we really do a good job of staying in front of that. Yelp is tough, man. That's a tough one. Yelp is really tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've, I think we're, I think we've surpassed like, I don't know, two fifty or three hundred reviews, and you know, it's only showing sixty of them, 
and you know, out of the Sa- I mean, even though I'm four point five stars, I've got a bunch of them that that are not recommended as well. I've wait, yeah. I probably have more non recommended than I do actually showing up on my profile, and it, and it's not easy. I mean, it, it takes a whole, you know, I, I have a guy that literally does a lot of the research on reviews to kind of stay on top of them, um, you know, to try and resolve them when we can, even from a standpoint of like calling the other, calling the agent in the transaction, you know, and being like, hey, you know, can we? What can we do to fix this? You know, because it's just it it's sad that people do it, but look, haters gonna hate. What do you um Andrew, what are you doing on the buy side from a marketing perspective? I noticed you had a Boomtown website. Well, um, Chris, hang on. We're still we're yeah. still on the mass media. We're gonna get there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put some control Sorry, on six forty five. I know. Ah! I love you. We're already forty five right. minutes in. Ah! <laughs> mass media. You're doing yeah. some billboards. You bought 12. You got remnant space. You started with two. You have to earn that. You're yeah. running the instant cash offer. You're doing here's the thing radio. about billboards. Well, one more thing about billboards. You got to be memorable. You got to be fun. Like you got to make yourself stand out. So we've, we've done like memes of Tiger Kings. We've got a meme of the Fast and Furious movie up as a billboard right now. Like people see our billboards and they Are laugh at them and it makes them memorable. I am. Yeah. I have a bald head and <laughs> yeah, I'm a hundred percent Vin Diesel with the font, yeah. the Fast and Furious font and everything. Did so, you ever hey, do so back really in funny. the day when, when Trump and Hillary were running, everyone was doing the whole leaving the country. Man, I got to tell you, did I you do almost it? did. I almost did. Didn't and I'm the, so glad I didn't. I'm so, so glad I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't because even, even the Tiger King, dude, I was Joe Exotic and Angela was uh, Carol Baskins and they're local. Like uh, the Tiger King show had a bunch of local stuff. And man, we had people just hating on us over Tiger King billboards. But you know what? If they're hating on you, they're talking about you. So your marketing's working. You're getting rent-free space All PR in someone's is good head. PR, right, Andrew? Yep. You know who I think is the master of creative on billboards is Jeff Cook. Jeff that Cook. Guy, oh, I, oh, he's, the, he's, he's my idea. boy, dude. I copy Jeff. I tell Jeff all the time. Like, I come up with stuff all the time. And I actually, there's been a couple times where I've done them. And he's been like, do you care if I run with this? I'm like, no, go for it, bro. Just stay out of Tampa. <laughs> so let me he's, ask you, he, he's funny. Let me ask so on the billboard, Frank, on Frank, hang on. I got to ask another question. Oh my God. Ah! Yes. I wish y'all could see Frank's eyes rolling. <laughs> um, so, hey, on the creative, did you try running like a direct response, like, you know, piece of copy? And then like, we're like, oh, this doesn't work. And then you like changed to doing something more entertaining and it like blew yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The inter- more entertaining stuff blows up because you, you know, you try and say like, oh, text this to this number or call this number. You do things that you can really heavily track. And what we found is it just didn't, it just didn't work. People are going to go and Google you. So I'd much rather do something that's fun and memorable but also differentiates us because like I talked about before, you have all these large hedge funds and these big teams that are coming to the market and and they're running the same generic ad throughout the entire country, the same generic billboard they're running throughout the entire country. And so I wanted to be different. So we, you know, I have a lot of fun with them. I actually really enjoy doing, like we're working on, we're working on one right now and you know what? I have a hard time not sharing this, so I'm going to. Um, for those of you guys watching this that don't know, uh, my wife and I that have run our business for a long time, we, we have we've separated, right? So I have a billboard that I'm doing during Halloween and it's Duncan Solo. Me as Han Solo, okay? And it's like me dressed up like Han Han Solo and it says Duncan Solo sells your home as fast as warp speed. Dude, are you like in the tabloids like Trump? (laughs) Like with like, Um, I just think it's funny like, no, no, not that much. But but I do think it's kind of funny like, you know, that, 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 that we can come up, like I can come up with the fun, memorable billboards based on what's going on in my life, you know? So Andrew, how often are you changing cool, the creative? 
Every couple months, I change the creative. It's expensive and, and I, to change that. The, so, the so finals. Yeah, and I negotiated. I get three. I get three changeouts a year for free, and then other than that, I pay for them. And there's sometimes when I'll have a board that I'll keep up a little while longer. Um, like we did, we did a Santa Claus one this year. We did like, we did the Tiger King. We did the you know our hockey team, um, and then obviously the Duncan Solo. And the Duncan Solo one's really hilarious. Like it's That's funny. It's pretty Andrew. funny. Yeah. All right. Billboards are one thing. I think what's a little more doable for a lot of people is radio. I want to touch on this very briefly. I'm just yeah. going to hit you with some questions and give me just a good, solid direction for people to go. Um, how would someone pick the right station? What demographic? What listenership? How do they? What's the ranker on a station they should probably look into? I think the very f first and foremost, it's probably how many and what real estate advertisers are on the station. Look, it, we're in a really, really competitive market now, and there are a lot of real estate advertisers. And if you're going to go on a station with someone that's been on there for a decade, and you're going to want to kind of spend a small amount of money, you're going to struggle. You're, you're not going to succeed. So I would, tell you, I would tell you to look for stations that aren't heavily advertised with real estate, um, first and foremost. Will the and account secondly, executive tell you that? Or do you have to figure not. it out yourself? Do you have to figure it out yourself? Now, they're going to sell you. They're going to sell you what they want to sell you, because that's how they make money, and that's they get incentivized sometimes to sell certain stations. But you need to learn. You need to figure that out on your own. Got it. And the only way you're going to know Frank, that I want to get this to the to the audience. Frank, really what's that website? The URL for Media Monitor and all that well, stuff to research. Well, hold on. Hang, well, hang on. So there's you can hire a professional media monitors. These people record the radio and TV all day long. Like, you know, like on, like you watch the news yeah. and they cut yeah. to all these things. You can buy services yeah. like that. Yep. Uh, they're expensive. Um, what I do is uh, my assistant wakes up and the first thing in the morning at 7 a.m. She turns on a recorder. And before she goes to bed, she turns off the recorder. I got about 16 hours of audio that goes over overseas to someone for a couple bucks an hour. They put it on 2x speed and they go through it and they write down all the people that advertised the frequency and the spots. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to start researching a station where it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. So that's good. So you have to figure out where the advertisers are. Okay. Not yep. too many. We're good. What's next? I would say what's next is looking at the demographics of the station. Are they more likely want? to be homeowners? You want homeowners yeah. or is a certain age? Yeah, I would typically say like homeowners, um, you know, you, you don't want a teenage station. You don't want a bunch of high yeah. school kids. You're, you, know, you don't want stations that pretty much, yeah. And, and not only that, but you're also dealing with higher price points um, with some of the demographic research that you can look at. Okay. Do you recommend they record their own commercials or pay the talent fee for the morning or afternoon talent? I would say it depends on how much money they have to spend, number one. And number two, how well known they are in their marketplace. Got it. So if they're new, probably pay the talent fee. Yeah. Got it. What's the minimum frequency you want to see? How many, like, so there's the number of, like, spots per week. And also when they use, like, Arbitron or Nielsen ratings, they can tell you generally, like, how many, what the frequency is, how often someone hears you. You know, like and so, so I can answer this based on where we are because we've been on some of our stations for a decade. So I can run a little bit lighter schedule and get away with it simply because what does I've a newer been on guy for so have long. To do? What do you I, recommend? I would, man, honestly, I think you got to be in every hour. Every hour? Once? Yep. At least so, 12, so probably twelve spots a day. Yep. So but, almost but, probably. But 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 probably focused on morning drive, evening drive. Got it. Do you take one week on, one week off, or just do it every single week? Um, I would hit with more frequency and do every other week. 
if you're really so, so for example some people would rather run less spots and then spread it out i'd rather hit the people that are paying attention with more impressions and spread out the impressions so less frequency so i'm sorry go every other week and with go more deeper frequency. on those two weeks with more frequency and more impressions that that's what okay. i would recommend 30 seconds 60 second pros and cons. 30s 60s are way too long got it in fact 15s if you can Really? Hit so the intro, hit switch of, from yeah. So so I run a lot of 15s now, and and I would tell you 30s. But when you're really really known, you can go to 15s and just hit them with a lot of spots, like a lot of spots. But but and for new for new advertisers, I'd go 30s. Andrew, you switched from 60s to 30s. Yeah, a long time ago. I Dude, just feel we're like hearing he, a lot. Of, this is very by the way, audience. Hang on, this is very contrarian. When, I, when Andrew's talking about like increasing ad spend in fourth and fifth, the fourth quarter and the first quarter, and you said 30s and 15s versus 60s, you don't usually hear this, do you, Chris? He, here's why I here's why I recommend it. Number one is again, if you're new to advertising, the longer the spot, the more story that gets to be told, um, and the more you can get engaged. However, when you've been doing it a long time, like me, I do 15s because people have heard the story. They know who I. They know who we are. Like. I mean, I, I hate to sound arrogant, but if you live in Tampa Bay, you, you know who my, you know who we are. So, so I'd much rather not tell the story and just hit them over and over and over again with the call to action and the brand name. And so, so we run a lot of 15s. Wow, that's interesting. What's it like? What's I mean? What's roughly that 15 second script look like? I, and again, it would depend on the station. Like I'll give you a sports a sports one, right? For example, just because the lightning. Um, you know, if you need to sell your home instantly. Call the official real estate agent, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Duncan Duo. Go to DuncanDuo.com. Again, that's DuncanDuo.com. And they're hearing Duncan Duo, Duncan Duo, Duncan Duo. And then they're seeing the billboards. Then they're seeing us on TV. So we, I, on radio, I want to hit them with the, the name over and over and over again. Man, that's great stuff, dude. I mean, is there anything you can give the audience really quickly with uh, tips to negotiate by reviewing the Nielsen ratings or anything like that? that, that at least I, I think the station will give you like some Nielsen reports. Yeah, they will, and I think again the the key to the key to that is, look, I've been I've been on radio a long time, and it's and in a lot of ways a lot of people think of it as a dying medium, um, but but it's super successful for my business. The main thing I will tell you about radio salespeople is they're incentivized to sell you what their bosses want to sell you. They're going to try and sell you other things. So just be steadfast in you know doing your own research, trusting your own gut in terms of what you think will work for your business. Um, and, and I think the other thing is buying stuff. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you don't want to buy stuff that no one else wants because no one's listening then. Um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. However, um, real estate is a 365, 24-7 business. If you can only advertise a few months a year, and that, that's really the only time you can advertise because your budget's so small, then advertise in the periods where other advertisers aren't but it's really valuable for real estate, like the holidays, for example. I crush it in the holidays. I absolutely crush it during the holidays. So many advertisers bounce, and I'm able to negotiate incredibly low rates um, with advertisers that with the with the advertising agencies because there's a lot of people bounce. How did you learn all this, Andrew? Where could someone go to learn how to buy mass media? Because that's a that's a that's a that's a thing that people want to know. Trial and error, man. I wish I had a book that I may, you know what, Frank. I'll tell you what, Andrew. Man, we got to You can write course. a book. Let's write a book, dude. That's it. That's it. Let's do it. I'd buy it. No, but but, but on, honestly, it's it's a lot of mistakes. It's a lot of uh, you know bumps on the road, a lot of bruises, yeah. and then you just kind of figure it out and move along. I'll move on briefly. Is there anything you want to share with the audience with TV? And then let's talk about your endorsement. We'll move on. 
I think Tips the same thing that the, the same thing that I talked about: be memorable, be different. Don't don't try and run the same commercial that a competitor's running, um, and also stay local. You're going to have TV competitors that are not local to you, so film in local spots. Film, um, you know, in front of local landmarks. Um, to me, I believe when you stay local, you're 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 really telling people that you're local. Um, you're not telling someone that you're some hedge fund guy in New York trying to buy their house. You're saying, look, I'm here. Like I give back in this community. I'm I'm here every day. Um, so I, I really believe in you you utilizing local filming locations. You using this like entertaining creative on TV. Yeah, but 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 probably not as much because I feel like it could come off too goofy. Do you like cable or broadcast? Broadcast. Okay. How many spots a week still? Still one an hour? Um, I don't think you have to do that much with TV, mostly because I'm really targeted on the stations and the times. I go after news. I hit news heavy. So not one an hour. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to run as much as I can during news because that's pe people are watching that every day. Or like Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, shows people watch religiously. Um, that so have you're, good down, you're not using rotators, man. You're picking the specifics, shows. Yeah. Yeah. 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You got a professional media buyer right here, everyone, Andrew Duncan. Yeah, they need to hit me up, and I can I can charge them. <laughs> Probably <Just kidding>. could. <laughs> joking, joking. Um, let's so let's let's just go let's just go a little bit longer. So there, that's a little bit of lingo, everyone, on mass media and helping you wrap your head around a little bit of that if you're kind of diving into that world. Um, how did you score the official? <laughs> world the official of, real estate agent of the Tampa the Bay official, Lightning. The official real estate agent of the Lightning. <laughs> So this it started off. like it started like six years ago. So um, I had a past client that was um, in their marketing department, and she came to me and said, "Hey, look, you know the Lightning are growing. We're turning into a winning team. We've got this owner that wants to grow so much, and we're looking for advertising partners. And you, your brand has such a great reputation. You fit and model with our brand. And I was already a I was already a, a Lightning fan, so it kind of aligned pretty well. We sat down and kind of you know went through the different options of what made sense for my business because most hockey teams and most professional sports teams are dealing with very large advertisers you know the Bud Lights the Coors Lights the Publix um, you guys probably don't have Publix um, but Vons or whatever the grocery store is in California so you have all these enormous chain businesses that advertise with some of these um, and and so like just there were things that didn't make sense for my business that I had to kind of adapt and get them to understand and see how it made sense for me. Um, but, but yeah, it's been six years. They've obviously they've, they've become an enormously successful franchise. Um, it's all because of me, you know, I'm just kidding. So no, but they've become this enormously successful franchise and, and we've been able to ride along with that and, and get a lot of benefits from the advertising. Man. I'm, I'm talking to somebody that, there's, there's maybe I can count on maybe what one hand, one or two hands, that does this level of mass media, Chris, in the, in the United States. Would you yeah, say? Yeah, I'd probably say like two hands. There's like probably ten people. Ten people, and Andrew's yeah. one of them. That's great, dude. So Thanks, let me dude. just kind of let me just kind of wrap, recap that because that's something obviously a big part of your business, and we can't discount why you're on yeah. here. You do a lot of that. We're, Instant offer. Hey, real yeah. quick, what's the um, what's that sponsorship deal cost per year with Tampa Bay? Six figures plus, and it, it depends on the options I take each year. COVID was really squirrely because, you know, they didn't have fans in the arena. So, so it was it was a definitely a much lower dollar amount this, you know, for, for the last couple of years because of the lack of attendance. Um, but, but there's a lot of different options in terms of how much 
you know, how much you want. But just the naming rights alone, is, based on my research, the naming rights alone are fifty to $75,000 just by themselves. When are you so going to buy I, the stadium naming rights? That's a whole other level. I contacted. <laughs> that's a whole other level, Frank. I contacted I, I, the. Yeah, a whole other level. I contacted the University the of Duncan Texas. The Duncan Dome, dude. The Duncan Dome. In Austin. Right. The Duncan Dome. <laughs> University of Texas in Austin said for yeah. me to be the official real estate agent of the Texas Longhorns, $250,000. What? Yeah. I'm nowhere near that, and I have the Stanley Cup cha- back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew, that's You should cancel wow. all of your advertising and get the Duncan Dome. The Duncan Dome. <laughs> the Duncan Dome. The Duncan hey, that Solo. could be a billboard. The Duncan Solo billboard Dome. creative. The Duncan something to Dome. that. All right. So, all right. I'm thinking about that, Frank. I'll think about it. The Duncan so let me, Dome. Let me just recap with the, with the audience. I think it took a lot of guts to do the instant cash offer. Uh, it goes right to the landing page. I showed everyone the landing page. Um, you're extremely creative in your ads. You're competing against the national guys and gals with um, – with uh, very local, very fun, very non-corporate marketing, right? Yes. Um, you uh, you start small, you work your way up. I gave some tips on there, and um, you know, and also we also threw out a couple options where people can find uh, national eye buyers to back you, so you can actually legitimately and ethically put that type of right offer out there, which is important. Yep. You can't bait and switch it because you'll, you'll you'll get called on that. Yeah. And uh, with the board, if you don't have a legitimate yep. backup for it, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. You got to have the money or the means to buy the house. 100%. You know, that's that's pretty much it. Got it. Let's um I'm just curious too. Uh, this is a little side question before I go to the next pillar. Are all the leads going to your agents or are they running through like someone answering the phones for an ISA team? I'm assuming it's So a yeah, it, it, it interestingly enough, I am pro- I probably buck the trend on that. Um, a lot of our leads go directly to our agents and then we have like some times of day when we have uh, you know, team members that aren't agents that answer it. And I, I never really went after the ISA. I think the ISA business or not business, but the ISA kind of platform uh, really grew and developed after my team had already gotten so large that I felt like trying to incorporate that would have been bad. If I had it to do over, I Andrew, probably would is, have. That takes some serious guts, spending all yeah. that money, giving it to your team. You have a hell of a team. Yes, I do. Yeah, I so do. For, I you, for you to be able to I mean, sleep have, at night have, doing that. I have lots of people. I have several people on my team been with me 10 plus years. So That's why. A lot of seniority, a lot of people. Because I don't think really I'd be able to people. sleep if – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Answered what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. And we still so, track everything. Don't get me wrong. We still have a phone system where we track everything. We we track how often phones are being answered, how long conversations you are. You want to share the uh, the the CRM you're using to run all this? So man, this is so crazy. Um, we're in between right now, you, so I'm not going to shout out Oracle anybody. Yet? You're on What's SAP or no? No, I'm not even going to shout anyone out. I'm not going to say the CRM because it's truthfully, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a shit show right now. We're going. <laughs> okay. so pardon my French, but yeah, we're we're going through some changes right now that you know basically became necessitated with how much business we were doing. Well, what I know. Have I you mean, been using? What have you been using? We've used. Um, we've used. We've used Skyslope. We've used Top Producer. We've used. We use them all. Way back in the day, we used Wise Agent. We used Boomtown. Like it's really a hodgepodge of stuff, and unfortunately, it's broken. We ha- we have to get to a yeah, you're um, a better place. Like are you are you switching direction. to Salesforce? I'm looking at Salesforce. Yeah, that's one of our options. Yeah. Are you, you know, looking uh, at property base or building out your own unique Salesforce org? Own unique. Yeah. Ooh. 
I know. Savvy. Scary. That's the route. That's why I, don't, know, the, I really don't want to talk about this anymore. You guys are going to – now I'm going to be up all night thinking about it. So. You know, no, I, this I year, it's the route I went. <laughs> I have great people. I have great people doing it. Yeah. But I'll share with the audience really quick. Um, for my uh, side investing business, I had to double down the CRM. I've been in the game a long time with all different CRMs out there. And uh, I went Zoho, man. And I couldn't be happier – um, because cool. I needed something extremely robust. Uh, Zoho projects for transaction management. Yep. Zoho for the CRM. Uh, I'm even thinking about ditching QuickBooks and going Zoho Books using Zoho One. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm talking the whole thing, dude. That's awesome. And every time I look into it, I'm just seriously impressed with the support. It's cheap, so I don't have a heart attack. i have to look at that. That's Every time I add at. a user on Salesforce, it's $150. I so know. I'm always, you know what I mean? So yep. I I'll just, look at that one. Look at it. I'm really happy with I'd it. I'd love it's to like get rid of QuickBooks. Sorry, QuickBooks. Zoho Books. But, yeah. Zoho Books. Give it a shot. So cool. anyways, I digress. Check what it was out. the second pillar? I forget at the very beginning I asked you. The second pillar was... Second pillar um, of lead generation. Hang on. Oh, uh, bit, well, gosh, we don't have much time. Builder yeah, and developing. Becoming your own client. Yeah, building and developing. I think when you've been around a long enough time, it just kind of makes sense to acquire land and develop and build your own properties. I mean, look, I think there's a lot of fear that people have in the real estate industry about the real estate agent going away someday. Um, but you know what? I don't think some of these hedge funds are going to build homes. They're not going to develop land. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're just not. It's too complex. So so for me, that's, that's ensuring the future um, of my business by becoming my own best client. Andrew, when are you going to start owning a bank? That sounds future. like a really great idea. I like it's in that your idea future. a lot. I like it. Um, Andrew, have you connected? <laughs> have, have you stayed in touch with Don Winner? I have, yeah, a little bit, not a ton, but I yeah. have stayed in touch with. And that's exactly what he's done. He owns a bank now. I mean, tell, yeah. tell he's the doing audience, incredible Chris, stuff. Tell, tell the audience about Don. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I, I Don had a powerhouse team in um, Pennsylvania. And I uh, was really big in investing. And he, in 2014, I, I mean, the story he tells is he, he learned that the hard money lender was making as much money as he was, as he was. doing all the work flipping the house. Yep. And so, um, you know, he started a hard money lending business. He started acquiring uh, multifamily assets using investor funds and um, essentially, you know, being like a fun, uh, being a fund manager. And, um, you know, I think he has somewhere north of 15,000 units, over a billion in assets under management, not including the bank they just acquired. And I think his team in uh, Pennsylvania does somewhere close like to 2,000 transactions. 37 years yeah. old. Yeah. He's a super he's young guy. guy, 36, 37. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's really bright guy. Yeah, he's killing it. Great, great guy. So how does that help you get listings other than obviously you listing your own stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, again, when you sell your own property, you put a sold sign out, you know, when you, when you have someone buying the house that you're selling, sometimes they need to sell and you can say, Hey, I'll step in and buy your house so you can buy mine. Um, it's, it's sign impressions. It's sign calls of people that need to sell and buy. There's so many ways that it trickles down into, and obviously we do that on the flip side too. We get a lot of benefits from being our own best client. Andrew, you, know, so. you get, you buy, um, attractive land. I assume you hire a civil engineer, um, get a surveyor, slice and dice it, and then are you selling it to builders or are you actually building houses on top of it in addition so, to developing? So so right now, mostly selling to builders, but my idea is to build our own homes, to literally start yeah. our own home construction company. How big are the tracts of land you're taking down? Um, so I would say the largest that I have right now is like probably 30 acres. 
Hmm. So I, I'm not trying to do like, I, and again, the riches are in the niches. So I'm not necessarily trying to compete with the largest home builders. I'm trying to add it as a pillar for me. Even even doing things like small, like waterfront, you know, buying waterfront land and doing townhomes because of how lucrative water, you know, that that stuff goes for. I've done some of that. That's been really well done. Really. Are well. you having to take it as far as putting in streets and utilities? No. No. No, so I'm you're saying, just I'm doing all that. the entitlement work. Yes. I'm avoiding okay. that. Again, riches in the niches. I'll let somebody else do that stuff. You have, and you I can't it. say never. I can't say I'll never do that, but that's something I haven't, I haven't focused on doing yet. Any thoughts on um, short-term rental business? I mean, it's incredibly successful here. I mean, we've, yeah. we're a destination market. There's a lot of people doing it. I, you know, I sold off. It's interesting because probably six months to 18 months ago, I sold off almost all of my rentals. Um, and, and like part of me regrets it, but part of me appreciates the fact that I eliminated a lot of headaches and doing it again, which I will do again and buy a lot of property. I, I learned some lessons about how to structure it better, especially when you are kind of known in your community, um, you know, how to structure it better, how to, how to, you know, set up LLCs that are in areas where someone doesn't know that you own the property, stuff like that, that I've learned, uh, through the years. We filed a, a DBA on our LLC that owns the property. Yep. So the property management company um, is not the name of the acquisitions company. Yeah. And we, we have, uh, you know, I have companies that I've incorporated in Delaware, so people can't even learn that I own them. Yep. They, you can do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, 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 let's, so if you want to really try and find out all the stuff I own, you won't be able to. So sorry. Well, you get really, or it gets really crazy. You start putting in trusts. Those are impossible yeah. to find the owners on. Oh, yeah. That's the real reason, yep. the real trusts. And don't yep. name the trust with your, your name. name if you're trying to I know. do that. <laughs> right. You defeat the whole purpose. Even your last name. Don't do it. Like You, you know what I'm talking like, about, right, Andrew, when yes, I say that? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I know. Yeah, people yeah. do that, and it's like you just defeated the whole purpose of why you were supposed to do that. But So yeah. this has been a cool interview, man. This is Here's an interview on mass media, kind of an intro to the, how to think about mass media. Uh, getting into building and development, sure. You're a top team and you can afford that. How great would that be? Or maybe partner with a builder, et cetera, et cetera. But now I want to get to leave to this interview um, with something probably more tangible that anyone can use. At this point, how many past clients do you have, Andrew? This is your third pillar of listing generation is you have so uh, many past clients. And uh, I heard um, this. I heard this throughout the, th throughout seven, eight everything thousand. else. Yeah. Yeah. Seven or 8,000 that you are so concerned about uh, the customer experience. It's not just generating leads. Yeah. You know, so it's why our us. reviews are where they are. You know, obviously focus on providing a good service, but then also staying top of mind with all those people, um, whether that's targeting them on social media, community events. We obviously do a lot of stuff with our lightning. You know, we give tickets away. We do a night where we buy hundreds of past clients tickets to a game. Um, we've we've in, we've we've uh, had hockey like professional hockey players sign autographs for our clients for like a one or two hour block. And so again, that may sound overwhelming for someone that's just that, that that's operating on a smaller scale. So what I would tell you is just find ways to add value for people is really the key to it. You know, I can go deeper on that, but there's so many other podcasts you can listen to that we'll have on the show that people talk about past client business. Yeah, and we have someone special here that I want to ask you even some other questions now, a little bit deeper, sure. if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. How much? I'm interrupting you... Frank though. Sorry, uh -oh. Frank. My my turn. <laughs> what for question now? Here, I'm no, going to ask what? one. Then Chris asks one. 
Okay, that'll work. Let's do it. T- um, what are you, sure. are, you are, you, are you doing anything on uh, inventive on the buy side to improve conversion of uh, leads coming in through like you know various digital sources? Um, inventive, I, I think it's just it's speed to lead, man. It's what that's what it's always going to be. Um, okay, speed to speed lead, lead. follow up, all the same yeah. basic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's a hard side of the business to be super inventive about. Yeah. I have my question. Go ahead, Frank, since your hand is raised. <laughs> uh, I know Chris is big into this, but money from vendors or other sources to help you offset the cost of mass media? Of course. Yeah. And, and joint ventures. Uh, we, own, we own a title company. Um, we share advertising resources. We host a radio show and we have them come on as guests. So, yeah, there's no question that that's a pillar of revenue for us. Chris, I have something exciting to share you. Oh. So we're, I want to share something with Chris. So Chris, I've always admired you for all of the brand advertising money you get. So for my side investment business that I have with my wife, um, we're wholesaling contracts because we can't buy everything. We refinances take too long. Yep. So uh, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to get six grand a month from somebody to be in first position, meaning you're the first person I call when I have a wholesale contract. And I'm oh, still going to charge the that's I'm still going to charge the full fee on. But that's just giving them. So you're the, the first the, person the I call. Yeah, that's so huge. I'm not I'm not going to go email it out. Yeah, that's you're the huge. first person I call. I made yeah, one phone call. I made one phone call. He said, "I'm in, eighteen grand, three months." That's awesome. That's and awesome. he's just all he's buying is the right that you're the first person I call when I have a wholesale deal. That's yeah, while it's so it's very similar to what real estate agents have done with co-advertising. You know, where you're our first home inspector, or you're our first, you know, whatever whatever the vendor is. Um, you know, you're buying that, that recommendation and, and not really buying it. Cause people hear that and they think, Oh, you're, you're for sale because anybody that does this is most concerned about the customer experience. They want, they, they screen the people, not just for who will pay, but who is a great company. Who's got the right insurance. Who's, who's, the, who's going to represent my brand well, but also who am I going to be able to solve problems with? Because guess what? They're going to happen. You know, you're going to, you're, you're going to have an inspection, have a problem. And if you give an inspector a lot of business, um, because of the way that you're set it up and you're able to solve customer problems that you couldn't solve otherwise because that inspector will take it on the chin for you, not probably for that client that's one deal a year, but for you that's hundreds of deals a year, you can make things happen with your leverage and scale that you couldn't otherwise. How much of your, how much listing business do your agents generate versus what you provide for them? It's the majority we provide. I would say maybe 10 to 15% it's, it's generated by them. Yeah. When you're doing that, are you comfortable sharing, and you don't have to on this, uh, how you compensate your agents when so much of that amazing listing business is provided? This split in my company is the same no matter the lead source, no matter whether they generated it or not. It's the, it's same. the same across the board. Across the board. And here's why I came to this conclusion, okay? Listings and buy side? Yes. And here's why. Because there are times that I personally hand them layup deals, and there are also times that they get business because they're aligned with my brand that they wouldn't get otherwise. So again, is that right for every agent? No, it's not the right model for every single agent, but it's the right one for the ones that are right for us. Because I didn't want to spend so much time trying to figure out an agent that's been with me 10 years and has someone come back to them after eight. Is that mine? Is that theirs? It just, it, yeah, it's a slippery slope. And then they get angry slope. and they leave. Correct. So yeah. I would much rather say, look, if you do a lot of business for me and you self-generate, I'm going to give you more at-bats. I'm going to give you more leads and I'm going to find more opportunities for you. Maybe like yeah. I have several agents that invest in real estate with me 
that buy flips with me, that, um, that can buy listings, you know, sometimes that come through the door. So there, there's a lot of ways that I look to add value to those agents. That I pay attention to the ones that do self-generate and I'm making sure to add value to them more, more than the percent they think they're not getting by, you know, not getting extra on something they self-generate. Does that make sense? It makes, makes things so much easier. Yes. What, is your, me, I, yeah. what is your split? In terms of uh, it's it's 45, 55 on the buy side, 55 to us, 45 to a buyer agent. Um, that have, they have the ability to get higher splits based on uh, production and tenure. And on the listing side, it's 70 to us, 30 to them. Well, when you're and listing agents, listing agents for me, listing agents for me do not, I do not hire listing agents from the outside. So if you're listening to this and you want to come work for me as a listing agent, you're going to be a buyer agent for a year first. I don't hire listing agents from the outside. I don't trust you yet. I don't know if you're going to go out on a listing appointment, tell them I'll buy their house at some stupid number and make a mistake. I have to be able to trust you with my money um, when I hire you as a listing agent. When you have your face plastered all over the city and it's you and the ads, yeah. you get, I want to talk to Andrew and work with Andrew. Yes. Or is that even a thing? How much of that? No, do you I, I would with? say we get it, but not a ton. And I think the agents are just well scripted on it. It's hey, look, Andrew's behind the scenes making sure that you know the company runs and operates the same way. They give sports analogies, you know, like yeah, one analogy that team. I've always given is, hey, look, uh, you know, Andrew is is uh, Jerry Jones. You know, he's making all the moves. He's making all the stuff. Chris appreciates the Jerry Jones comment. I know he does. <laughs> so Andrew's Jerry Jones. I'm you know I'm Dak Prescott. You know, I'm, I'm the player. I'm the guy that's going to get you to the end zone. But, but Andrew's making sure everything's working the right way. Hopefully Dak with, without a broken leg. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, so yeah, I think that, um, that again, it's, it's a, you know, it's an analogy. It's no different than any other large business. You know, we have some enormous law firms here, you know, that advertise their name. You're not getting them when you call. You know, my goal is really to, to provide the best customer experience. And what I'm good at isn't necessarily being the one that serves the customer directly. That's not my strength. So the agent could also appropriately explain that by working with them, they're getting better service, more responsiveness, and someone that's in the trenches. Look, I'm not necessarily in the trenches like they are. They know how to do it better than I do. It, it, and, and again, I, I mean, a million sports analogies, you know, LeBron James yeah. versus Jeannie Buss, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Another question. We talked about Instant offer is the what gets the person to call. Then, you know, you share them the offers, you share with them the listing. Let's talk about, I just want to ask you, what are the actual value propositions if someone decides to take the listing that, like, set you apart besides just the brand? Is there any actual tangible things that you do for the client that are unique when they take a yeah. listing? So, so first off, I think the social media marketing is a big part of it. People, people want to know their home is going to be exposed in all the right places. We pay for the, um, the feature stuff on realtor.com and Zillow. So we're getting more impressions on the websites that get the most traffic and attention. Um, professional photography, drone, uh, drones, Matterport 3D tours, um, and, and then just an overall strategy of how to navigate through multiple offers. That, that's a big thing in our market right now. A lot of inexperienced agents will take the first offer or won't be patient enough to try and get more money for the client. Like my goal isn't to, my goal isn't to um, get the quick sale. My goal, you know, the higher the price, the better it is for me too. So, you know, there's a strategy that comes along with how to, how to, how to play that the right way to where, you know, you're, you're doing your best to keep all parties apprised, but you're, you're negotiating in your seller's best interest. That comes with experience. Um, I, I would also say um, 
the fact that we are willing to buy homes because guess what? Sometimes someone's going to come in and buy your home, but they need to sell theirs first. I can solve that problem. So there's, I would say those are all things that, um, that come into play. Another big one is we'll spend, this is, this is a huge one. We just started this. I will spend money out of my own pocket to fix up your house to make you more money. Yeah, that's that's probably the most powerful one that I hear. I will. And there's you some know, other. There's say, some vendors out again, there that we give a shout to that do that. Yeah, yeah, and and again, like, if, so if someone comes in and they need carpet, they need a new roof, and again, it, it depends on the numbers and and the math's got to make sense. But if somebody needs a new roof on their house and it's going to cost them ten or twelve thousand dollars that they don't have, but they'll be able to sell their house for twenty grand or more, I can be the solution for that problem. Do you do that interest free? Yes. Do you put it in, like, is it included as part of a premium listing only? Yeah, we don't. Like put and again, premium they, listing they, fee? They have to agree to our fee structure, yes. And, yeah. and, and, and again, I've never been bid on it. Um, you know, I tell the people that, look, if, if you try and bite me, I'm going to lean the house, you know, because I have, you know, a contractor that did it. So the reality is I've never been bid on it, and I, I've created some raving fans from it. Yeah, they have to sell the house, and that's why they're doing it. And you could put a Correct. lien on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not gonna... Exactly. I'm getting paid. You're you know? getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. So I never thought about it, that. that. That's like well, the best position to do a contractor gig is when they yeah. have to sell. You couldn't be in a better position as a contractor. Exactly. So, so for me, like I look at it like I'm going to make them more money, but then I'm I'm also benefiting. I'm creating a sale that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. The price is obviously going to be higher, which benefits me. So there's there's a lot of benefit to it. It's something that isn't right for every customer because sometimes they won't agree to the terms that we require. Um, but nonetheless, it's a it's a call to action. It's that's very helpful. That's cool, man. Man, this is and it's, I would say I would say that's more strategic too, because I'm gonna say this this is this is being recorded, but you get some people when you talk to them and you just get that gut instinct where it's like I don't think that program these people are crazy. I don't know if this is the right candidate for this program, so it's still it's still our discretion. You know, it's it's something that isn't offered to every single client. It's the right situations, the right people. Um, you know, well, that like we feel like banking. are honest. Yeah, no I like you or not. No. Correct. Yep. yep. Good stuff, man. Chris? We had a snowstorm in, in um, Austin, and I, I ended up paying out on cash advances to sellers almost 200 grand in like a six-week period. Wow. That's <laughs> oh, crazy. Man. We but, were filing a, a lot of deed of trusts on the, <laughs> at the oh, county yeah. courthouse. and um, but, but yeah, all, I mean, it's- But it all worked out, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's something we do ongoing, you know? Yeah. I think you have to, you have to be different. You have to look for those creative ways to solve people's problems. Chris, what are the questions we're asking Andrew as we wrap this up? Man, I just wish there was something we could talk about specific to the buy side. Cause it's tough. You know, it's, it's hard to, it's so, to it's not, you know, like, you know, like once what do you, you mean, buyer leads? brand well, it's like once you get brand equity, right? It's like, you know, lead conversion is, you know, through the roof compared to like traditional digital advertising to find correct. buyers and sellers. Yeah, and, correct. Um, yeah. You know, like <clears throat> I just wish there was a, I could find, um, you know, a better, personally, selfishly, find a better way to convert. Um, buyer sides. Buyers, yeah. Buyer side. Yeah. Um, you know, like things I'm, I mean, just to have an open discussion here, probably less me asking you questions, but, uh, 
you know, if you think about like Zillow and Realtor.com, one of the reasons their their leads are higher quality is it's not forced registration. You have to voluntarily submit your information. Right. So that's obviously like something you can do. And then you also can layer in a, uh, you know, an ISA to help scrub the leads and book the appointments. But um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of call to actions that people have attempted to do for buyers. And, you know, I haven't done this for 15 years. I've never found one that really made sense. Like people would say like, you know, if you buy the home and you don't like it, we'll sell it for free. Or if you, if you buy the home and, you know, something's wrong, we'll fix it. Or, you know, there's a lot, they just don't connect. I just don't think people that are, they're buying, think about hiring a realtor. They're only focused on, they want the house. They don't want the realtor. I have two things. Yeah, go for it. So I think I've heard that like um, uh, Zillow or whatnot or or whatever, one of those companies, um, they're hiring a bunch of agents to go show houses for like 25 bucks. Open the door. Yeah. So you can press a button and say, we could be there faster than anyone else to open the door. Yeah. So like the thing with buyers is like, how can I be get them into the house as fast, as easy and painless as possible. And that message like dripping on buyers, like call me or responsive. We can get you into the home as fast and as easily, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Is probably one of the strongest buy side offers. If you want to think about that, I've seen agents. I think so that. too. Yeah, I think so. That makes like, sense. It's hard, it's hard to really back up unless you have like your own Uber of agents. But I know that's an offer that resonates. And the second one that an agent was doing very well was I can help you find off-market inventory by sending yeah. out a letter. Now, yeah. there's been a lot of talk about these buyer love letters that are the discriminatory, can you cannot do them, this is Yeah, years it's ago. very gray area. We've used them for a long time and now it's getting to the point where it's- Yeah, it's a gray you know, area. It's, it's an if the buyer sends it out themselves and you're not sending it out, that's how you get around yeah. it. But yep. the idea is, is like, hey, you tell me the neighborhood you want and I'll interview you on Facebook and I'll get a letter out you know, and we can help you find something that there isn't any inventory available. Right. So, but probably not anymore. Because <laughs> I think, I think Oregon, I just read, uh, you can't even do them anymore. It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, I did. And I'm yep. not surprised. Yeah. So, I can see that. It's the way it's coming. It's the way it's going. What else, Chris? Man, I'm, I'll be honest, it's 7.30 where I am. And I haven't had dinner yet. You're <laughs> neither, in California, neither, Frank. Neither have I. Neither have I. But it's and it's eight thirty here. Yeah, so you're in Eastern. I'm time. hungry. I'm going. I'm just telling you. I'm going right to Chick Fil A. I'm headed oh, right to right. Chick Fil A. God, I love Chick Fil A. Is my jam. Frank well, is in San Diego, so it's only you know five thirty there. Five thirty. It's yeah. easy. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap it up there. I want to thank you guys all listening for Listing Lead Show. Go to listingleadshow.com. Watch all the previous episodes. We like to bring on really good guests. Like I said, we, uh, we, I wish we had a little more consistent publication schedule, but I only publish the ones I want you to listen to that are good. And we only book guests when they're worthwhile. We're not, we're not forcing a show every week on you. I only cool. want and to we've, <laughs> Hey, Frank, and you can tell the audience we've recorded some that we decided not to air. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hopefully we'll just, I didn't fit that Chris and I will guys. have a discussion hope, after this. Hopefully we I brought the wood today. Air. Andrew. All right. Hopefully, I brought but, um, the wood today. All right. No, it's good, it. man. That's good. All this right, is cool. going to be a golden episode right here. Awesome. Man. I mean, awesome. I wrote some notes down on my whiteboard over here. Hey, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo social media. Hit me so up. Social media is the Duncan Duo. If you have anyone that needs to buy or sell a house in Tampa, yes, give our boy Andrew up. Duncan a call. Andrew, yep. thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it, guys.